Please turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2. We're going to continue on into a different section today, but we're going to allow the Lord to lead us through this to wherever He wants to go. Um, but let me begin by reading the scripture that we want to begin with in verse 18. And that's where the Apostle John says, Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, and even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. Now, the last hour, people look at that and think, well, it's been a long hour. <laughs> Not much has come. <laughs> the best way to describe the last hour is probably brought out in, it's actually a term that means the last days. And it's probably best explained in Hebrews chapter 1. Read verses 1 and 2. Um, it says that God, who at various times and in various ways, spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. Now, time past is talking about the Old Testament. And it says, has in these last days, I'm in verse 2, referring to the New Testament period, spoken to us by His Son. So we know that's what we're talking about. Amen. So it's not the last hour as much as it's the last days. And it is the time period that we're living in right now. And it's a very interesting time period that we're living in because what I've noticed is that you know, God's power is being increasing more and more. Amen. And whereas before everything was in types and shadows, now we have Jesus Christ has come and ministered the gospel to us and has revealed things to us that I believe if we walk in the revelation of those things, we will begin to rise up and go higher and higher in our faith life and in, in our in the power that is displayed in our life as well. And I think that's some, one of the things that's really important is that we walk in the revelation that is in this earth now in order to, to make the most of what God has for us and what God can do through us because of the witnesses that we can be. Uh, remember again that you know, Jesus said to, the, to His disciples, wait, tarry. This is in Luke, not in Acts, but in Luke. It, he talks about, I think it's in Luke 24, he talks about waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. These are the last days that we're talking about. Notice and it says in, in um, uh, uh, verse 18, it says, You have heard that the Antichrist is coming. Notice that's a singular. But notice what he goes on saying, Even now, many Antichrists have come. That's plural. The Antichrist is talking about the person that, is, that Satan is going to manifest through right at the end. And I don't want to go into details. But Antichrists are everything that go against Christ or in place of Christ. That's what anti actually means. Okay, it, it, that, that term actually talks about either being in place of or opposing. And today we're seeing a lot of that. We're seeing a lot of things coming up. And you know, trying to turn people's attention away from God and away from Christ to themselves and to that thing. Amen? And I mean, it could be as simple as a job or a whole other religion. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is, you know, the, the enemy will do everything he can to take your eyes off God. Because if you take your eyes off God, then you're putting your eyes on a problem. And if you know, you know, it's like Peter when he got out of the boat. As you know, while he kept his eyes on Jesus, he was walking on water. Soon as he started looking at the circumstances and at the, you know, at the storm, he started to sink. Amen? And so, you know, that, that is one of the things that we need to understand. That as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus, we're okay. But all of these antichrists have come and Satan is ri raising up all of these 
anti-Christian things, can I put it that way, okay, to take our eyes off of God so that we're no longer looking to God and receiving from God. Are you all here? And see, so much of the time, God is doing so much, you know, the Apostle James said, said this, he, uh, I'm not getting the scripture, can I just talk to you for a little bit today? Okay, the Apostle James said this when he said that, you know, every good and perfect gift comes from above. So he said everything that you want, everything that you need, everything that you love, not all the, you know, not you running over your cat or, okay, I've got three, okay, <laughs> not the bad things in your life, but all the good things come from above, Amen? And so, you know, if it's not good, then it's not from above. You have a right to reject it. Now, I'm not talking about things that you don't like that you're rejecting, you know, like broccoli or whatever. All right? <laughs> there are some things that are good for you that, you know, you don't like it, you got to eat it anyway, because it's good for you, you know? It, but that's different, okay, to, to something bad happening to you. Do you, you know the difference? Amen? And you need to know what the difference is. And for the things that, you know, you need to brace yourself and eat your vegetables, okay? There are those things that you need to do. But, and, and, and you know, let me, let me sort of do it in, in something that you can maybe understand a little bit more. In, in your workplace, you know, you run into a challenge. You want to run away, don't, <laughs> okay? Because while you're there, God can work through you. While you're hiding in the toilet, nothing gets done. Are you all with me, amen? So, you know, that, that's why, you know, even in, um, in fact, let's, let's turn somewhere. Let's go somewhere else. Uh, to Joshua chapter 1. Let's go back to verse 5. Let me start there. God is talking to Joshua. You know, Joshua has just come into a place where he has inherited this massive group of people that have done nothing but complain and cause problems. I want you to hear these words coming to you from God. Can you do that? Can you imagine that? Because this will counteract what the Antichrists do. What they want to come and do is take your faith away from you. Take your eyes away from God. Make you feel like nothing is going to work in your life. Do you hear me? And what God is doing is always trying to encourage you if you listen. I think so much of the time we're so busy running around trying to, you know, um, come up with solutions that we don't just stop for a minute, be still and know that He is God. That He's got the solution. Amen? And I want you to, I'm just going to read from Joshua chapter 1, verse 5. I want, to ta I want you to take these words to heart. I know this was spoken to Joshua, but if God was here, He'd be saying this to you. Can you receive this? Okay. He says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Oh, we can stop there. Hallelujah. I mean, there is no problem that can come against you that can stand and, and withstand you and the God that is in you. Are you all here? Okay. All right. And he says, as I was with Moses, and can I say as I was with Joshua, and I was with all the Old Testament saints, I will be with you. Can you receive this now? Okay. He says, I will not leave you nor forsake you. Verse 6, here's your part. Be strong and of good courage. See, you need to know verse 5 before you can do verse 6. You need to know that God is with you, that He'll never leave you, that He'll never forsake you. And But one thing He needs you to do is to be strong. Don't be wimpy and of no courage. Okay? He says, be strong 
and of good courage. See, this is another thing that is a problem in our lives because we allow the Antichrist, we allow anti-Christian things, things that come against the Bible and what the Bible says, we allow those things into our heart because, you know, sometimes they come from people that have very long letters after their name. You don't have to turn the page to see what else is there. <laughs> okay? you know, and, and we look at all of that and our initial reaction is, well, they know what they're talking about. I have no idea. But can I just say this? It doesn't matter what you know or don't know. And it doesn't matter how much more they know than you. There is someone above you that's looking after you that knows more than everybody else. In fact, it's a bit of a joke. What we think we know compared to him. And it's a very funny thing. His solution to things are very simple. In fact, they're too simple. See, one of the things that the enemy has done, and one of the things that Antichrist has done, is made things complicated. See, if we can make things really complicated, then we think, you know, it's, it's that human nature to feel like you've climbed a mountain before you've earned a, a reward. You can't just walk from here to there and get it. It's just, that, that's too easy. Okay? And that's the reason why everything that we receive from God is by grace. Christ means that He paid the price. He did all the hard work. You just receive it and be, and be grateful to God for it. Amen? And I think this is, this is, these are some of the things that stop us from walking into our promised land, which is where they're going, okay? Joshua's going, all right? Because things get in the way. We allow ourselves to be distracted. And we don't, you know, we, we don't have the wherewithal, okay, the fortitude, the guts, okay? Sometimes to, <laughs> you get it? Okay, to face things. So, you know, how do you get to this place? Well, me telling you about it is the first thing that you need to know, that you can actually get there. But number two, you need to meditate. You, know, you all know what meditate means? Okay, it means that you take a scripture like this and you start speaking it to yourself. You say of yourself, I am... Let me just show you how you can do this. You can say, I am strong and of good courage. You can make it nicer English, okay? However you like to say. You can say, I'm strong and courageous in Christ. Say it over and over again. Just say, I'm strong and courageous. I'm strong and courageous. And after a little while, you start to think, yeah, I kind of wimped out over there, didn't I? Well, I'm strong and courageous. I come against that in Jesus' name. Next time, I come, next time I'm faced with that problem, I will overcome it. I won't run away from it. And you begin there. You start to talk to yourself because this is a truth. God needs you to be this way. And if you're not, see, when you're in the Olympics, okay, when people go in the Olympics, they don't go there and they're not thinking, I hope I win. You might still not run. Seriously. Every person on that line is looking at the other guy thinking, I don't know why they bothered to turn up because I'm winning today. Seriously. I mean, they, don't, they just have that on their brain. They're just, they're just waiting for that gun to go off and they're at the other end. Are you all with me? That's, that's why the Apostle Paul talks about it as a race. You know, we're all in that race. And he says, run to win. He says, don't, he doesn't say run to place. <laughs> okay? See, this is, this is a kind of problem that we have sometimes. We're not courageous. We're not strong. We run to place. We just think, well, I'm in the race at least. Are you in the race, brother? Yeah, brother. I'm in the rat race. Well, I don't know what you're doing running with rats, you know? <laughs> okay? <laughs> this is a race for kings. This is a race that we are to win. 
And God wants nothing less than you to win. Are you all here? And it is one of those races that it's a very interesting race that everybody can win if they want to. Do you understand? Because in God's kingdom, everyone has a different line to cross. You get what I'm trying to say? So you all have the opportunity to win. You, you know, don't ever look at it and think, well, I don't know if I'm going to make it. You will make it. But that's what that Antichrist does, that that spirit of Antichrist comes on to try and make you think you're not going to make it. This is not going to happen for you. Let me keep reading here, okay? Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn to it from the right hand or to the, or, or, or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Verse 8, he says, he concludes all this and says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. So he's saying, alright, this is how you're going to get to the place. This is how you stop looking to the right hand and to the left. This is how you stop getting distracted. Because one of the greatest things that Antichrist does is distract you, as I said before. So you need to learn to focus. It's, this generation, I think, is, has a lot of difficulty focusing. Because we have so many devices. You know, we can't even sit in church half the time without pulling out a device and checking to see who's on. You know, and, and we're listening while we're checking. And, and, you know, things are happening all over the place. It's really hard to just sit and look at one thing. Now, I also understand, at the same time, that people have different ways of picking things up. Different ways of learning. You know, I'll have one person um, say, you know, say I have this little group here that's looking at me. Okay? They're paying attention. I might have one person in the back looking out the window. Now, that person looking out the window, that's how they're listening to me. Seriously. Different people learn in different ways. Okay? And I don't want to get into all of that, but see, if that person that's looking out the window looks at me, now they're not paying attention. Just as much as if this group over here starts to look away, now they're not paying attention. Are you all with me? So I understand that people have different ways of learning and different ways of picking up. But what I'm saying is, you know, <coughs> if you're looking out the window watching a cat chase a dog or something, you, uh, you lost me. <laughs> you're out there with the cat and the dog now, okay? You know, you might be looking out the window, but you ain't paying attention. You know, you're not here anymore. And so that, this is one of the things that we need to understand. How do you listen and find out what you need to do to focus? Amen? And one of the greatest ways of focusing is meditating. And meditating simply means repetition. You just go pick something up and just start repeating it to yourself and make it personal, make it you. Make it that you are courageous. Make it that you are strong. Make it that you meditate in the Word day and night. And if you think, well, I can't do that, start meditating on the verse that says to meditate. <laughs> okay? You, you start to say to yourself, I meditate in the Word day and night. Hallelujah. Start there. And, just, and you, I'll, I'll guarantee you, God will empower that into your life. He'll make it work in your life. You'll start to, you know, you'll start to get ideas and you start to think, Ooh, I want, I'm looking for something. Because it's a very interesting thing. As you start to use certain parts of you, then they come alive. You might not have focused for five minutes in your entire life. And for the first time, you focus for five whole minutes. Seemed like five years, but you did it. 
Amen. And then it's an amazing thing. Because, see, the Bible tells us in Hebrews, I believe it's chapter 4, verse 12, I think. It talks about the Word of God being alive. See, it's different to all the other words. All the other words that we, we read, they're not living words. They're dead ones. They have a certain anointing on them because of the person that's written them. But one of the interesting things about the Word of God is it's actually alive. But the only way that it can live is when you put it into yourself. Are, we all, are you all here? And once you put it into yourself, it begins to live. It takes on a life of its own. And then it begins to work on the inside of you. And notice what it does. It's, it says here, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written, uh, uh, written in it or written therein. What happens is, as you begin to do this, you begin to understand how to use the word. See, so much of the time we, we know the word, but we don't know how to use it. We get a revelation, and we hear it, and we think, oh, I've heard that, I've heard that, but are you using it? Because when you start to use it, then you go back and listen even closer and think, what did they say? Because, you know, you miss things. Let me give you an example. Let's turn to Mark 11. I'll, I'll, I might go back to that. I don't know. All right. <laughs> I know myself. All right. <laughs> yes. Because if I say I'm going back and I'm watching the video and I think I didn't go back. All right. So <laughs> I may or may not. All right. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Go to Mark chapter 11. Because I want to show you something here. I'm talking about putting the Word of God on, in, on the inside of you. I'm talking about meditating on it day and night. That you observe to do. Because as you do that, it goes on to say that you become prosperous. And you will have good success. Okay? Why? Let's see here. Let's see. Alright, let's go to Mark chapter 11. I don't know if you know anything about Mark chapter 11. Or you do know a lot because you come here. Uh, verse 12. It says, Now the next day, when they had come from Bethany, he was hungry and seeing a... Uh, afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not uh, the season for figs. In response, Jesus said, Let no man eat fruit of you ever again or hereafter. And his disciples heard it. Okay? So he speaks to a tree. Now that's, gonna, that's a little weird. You know, so the guy that you know, writes your paycheck is talking to trees now. You know that Peter was concerned. Peter has left a very prosperous business, fishing business, to walk, go after this guy that's talking to trees. So, <laughs> we have the cleansing happening, and then it says in verse 20, Now in the morning, it's the next day, okay? As they passed by, uh, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots, and Peter, remembering, said, Oh, thank God, he's not a quack. No, <laughs> okay? You know that's what he's thinking. All right, he's, <laughs> he's remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. He, what was he expecting Jesus to say? Really? I really wasn't expecting that. How did that ever happen? <laughs> okay, hello. You all here? Okay. But Peter is really happy. 
Because you go, oh, this guy knows what he's doing, okay? A little weird, but it's still happening. All right, and he says, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. This, is the, this statement can be said two different ways. It's either have faith in God or to have the faith of God. People have argued one against the other. I'm telling you, both are correct. I don't know why they're arguing. I think because they just don't understand the depth of this thing. It is a very powerful statement because not only can you, do you have to have faith in God, but you can have the faith of God as well. One thing is, the, the faith, faith in God is when you totally depend on God to get something done. You totally depend on Him. Okay, it's a total dependence. The faith of God is when you are starting to move, as you are exercising your faith, and you are starting to apply that faith, and things begin to happen. Again, you need God. Needless to say, everything needs to be done in the power of the Spirit by the name of, in the name of Jesus. Okay, we all know that. Okay, but there is a difference between you know you just going God. You know what? You just do your thing, man. Because <laughs> this is beyond me. Who all know what I'm talking about? That's faith in God. The other things you go. <laughs> Let me get my hands on that. Come over here, <laughs> okay? And because you know you can do this. You know what I'm trying to say? You just know you can do this. If you just get this hand on that face. In the right place. <laughs> All right. Open hand. Okay. All right. That it'll work. That's the faith of God. Are you all with me? All right. Okay. So let's move on. Because remember, I'm talking to you about you will observe to do according to all that is written. Remember, Antichrist is trying to keep you from observing to do by distracting you. And the Apostle John said there are many Antichrists. There's a lot of things out there trying to stop you from believing the thing that God said. What I said, I will do. You just need to believe it. That's why he said, and these signs will follow those who believe. And he said, in my name. And then he gives a whole list. But those are just signs. You know, a lot of times people look at those signs. For example, you know, uh, getting off the track for a minute on purpose. Okay. <laughs> for, you know, for example, you know, pe- people have this problem with, you know, tongues and everything. Okay, if you're one of those people, don't have a problem. It's just a sign. Okay, remember it says, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, the, one of the first things he says is they shall speak with new tongues. That is one of the first things that it says. Which means that that, that is actually a, a, a manifestation of the Holy Spirit indwelling in you. And that the power of the Spirit is available. Alright? Because the Spirit, the Spirit does a, a miraculous work in you when you are born again. But that's different to actually having the power of the Spirit. Which is why Jesus said, tarry in that upper room. Wait there till the Spirit comes. Okay? That's Luke and Acts put together. Alright? But He says, wait. Because if you don't have that power, you're, all you're going to do is go out there and promote religion. And then all, you, all you're doing is which argument is better. Forget the argument. Slap your hand on something. Watch something grow out. <laughs> There's no more argument. Are you all with me? Amen. And you know, we need to get to that place where there's no more argument. That we need to see this working in our life. <laughs> Verse 23. He says for, you know, I don't know how many times I have read this scripture. He says, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain... Be removed and be cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things which he says will be done or will come to pass. He will have whatsoever he says. I miss my my King James sometimes in these verses. Alright. But I want you to notice something here. Notice the first thing that he says. He says, surely whoever says this mountain, what do you need to do to a mountain? Let me give you now some revelation. 
Let's see how much of this verse you think you knew and now you don't. Okay? <laughs> right? This is one of the most powerful. Remember, Jesus is answering a question. Jesus is answering the question that Peter raised. He actually, Peter actually raises a question in the comment that he makes. The question that Peter is raising is this. How did you speak words and cause something physical to take place? That's really what the question is. He is surprised to see it. And the question in the back of his head is, how'd you do that? You know, I mean, I would have taken me weed killer and all sorts of things to try and kill that tree. You walk up to it, talk to it, and the next day it's dying from the roots, which means it has absolutely no chance of making a second appearance. I mean, it's out, it's gone, man. <laughs> okay? When you kill something at the roots, it's dead. You know, it's D-E-D, dead. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay, the A is gone. I mean, it is dead, all right? So, <laughs> so that's really the question he's asking. And that's the question we need to be asking. How do we get things from the Spirit to manifest in this realm? How do we change things in this realm? What has happened is Jesus has changed the destiny of a tree. It was meant to have a long life. Jesus came and changed the destiny. <laughs> okay? He says, no man, no man eat fruit of you hereafter forever, ever again, ever. Okay, lots of ever is there. I'll put extra ones in there. Alright? But I want you to understand something. He spoke that to the tree and walked off. He didn't stand there and keep going on and work up a lather and have a small prayer meeting around it. Tree, die, tree, die, tree. And all the disciples, tree, die, we hope you die. No? Okay? Because <laughs> right? otherwise he's a nut. Okay? No. See, he walks up, he says something. Watch this now. He says something, and it causes something physical to happen. Where am I going with this? This is what God's word does. See, we are to speak the word. If we don't believe that, do you think Jesus doubted? Not at all, because he's about to teach them a lesson about how he did this. And he says, listen, you think this is a big thing, you can actually talk to an entire mountain, and it will move. Now, we all have different mountains in our life. Okay? Your problem may not be classified as a fig tree, your problem might be classified as a mountain. Can I just have a show of hands who, who might have a mountain in their life that needs to be moved? You know, you know what I'm trying to say. Okay, alright. Okay, so this is what you do to your mountains. Now it might be a mountain of debt. It might be a mountain of sickness. Okay, might be a mountain of depression. Alright, whatever it is. I don't care what the name of that mountain is. What, you, you find it. Okay, <laughs> you, 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 you decide what your mountain is. But I want you to notice what he says. See, we miss what he says. I missed it. I don't know how many times I read this, but this is observing to do. The more you meditate on something, the more you'll observe to do what it says. Alright? So notice he says here, For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, and it's not just about the saying, it's what do you say? Notice the first thing he says is be removed. See, you need to uproot the problem before you tell it where to go. A lot of times people are telling things to go and they're like stuck. We'd go if we can. You forgot to be removed part. Unstuck, I'll go. Stuck, I stay. Listen, 
This may be basic, but get this. There are a lot of things in your life that have stayed there because we didn't do the first thing that Jesus said. He said, be removed. And then he told it where to go. See, that's the next thing we need to do. Once it's removed, don't leave it there. It's just hanging. Are you all here? You need to remove it, then decide where you want it to go. Why did Jesus send the mountain to the ocean? Because he can't see the thing. If he moved it to another place, somebody would go, Oh, there's the mountain. But you put it in the ocean, that's it, man, it's gone. It's out of sight. Are you all here? So you need to decide where your mountain needs to go. Pray about it. Ask God, where does it need to go? Observe to do according to all that is written. Now look at the next thing. Oh, really? No, no, I rebuked that in Jesus. No. <laughs> no. Okay, so. <laughs> Notice the next thing. This used to really annoy me. When he, Jesus said, Be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea. I really wanted the Lord to say, and even in my notes, I was looking at my notes, some of my old notes. I just skipped right over this. I skipped over that. But does, doesn't doubt, but believes. You know, and it's always annoying me that the, Jesus, why did you have to put the don't doubt part? It was better if you just went to the believe. Do you know why he put that there? Because a lot of people are trying to believe on top of their doubt. You can't believe, you can't try to force yourself to believe on top of any doubt that you have. Listen to me. The first thing he says, once he tells you how to deal with the mountain, is don't doubt. Because that's the first thing that comes to our mind. Because that's the first thing the devil says to you is, I doubt that'll work. And we think, yeah, it's just words. Who knows? I've been talking all my life and nothing's been happening. Why should it start now? Because you said in the name of Jesus, there's the switch. You haven't been saying that before. Do you hear what I'm saying? Okay, that's why you need to use the name of Jesus. That's why Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, it has to be in his name. Do you know why? Because he paid the price for us to walk in the blessing. That's, that's the reason why we receive him into our life. It's not a religious thing. Without him, that's why, you know, Apostle Paul says, crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, it is Christ in me. That's the life that I now live. And we need to understand, that's Galatians 2.20. That, that's, that's what we need to understand, that it is His life in us that causes us to be, to live the way we are meant to live. Okay, to live in prosperity, to live in healing, to live in peace, to live in joy. All of that is because of His life inside of us. And if we understand that His life is inside of us, and we use that name and bring that power out, which is the Spirit of God on the inside of you, okay, then things will start to work. And so when Jesus says, if you say, and remember again, you need to follow this. If you say to the mountain, be removed, okay, unstick it. Be thou cast in the sea, send it somewhere. I don't care where, either you tell it to disappear or whatever, but decide where it wants, needs to go, okay. And the next thing is don't doubt. Because so much of the time, as soon as we finish, we got this little, oh, I hope it works. See, this is what Antichrist comes to do. It comes to take away all of that and say that stuff won't work. You're right to doubt. You better make some kind of backup plan because it's not going to work. And I don't mind you making a backup plan, but understand something. That if it, if 
It is going to get in the way of you believing all the way and removing all doubt. Then be careful. Some people can make up a backup plan and still believe with all their heart. Other people, when soon as they make up a backup plan, they start believing. I got my backup plan. Why bother? People are lazy that way, some people. Not, not you. Other people. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm at minus two now. All right. Are you getting this? Because this is something that if we don't get this, then we won't receive the blessings of God into our life. So once he says, don't doubt, but believes. And what are you meant to believe? That what you say will come to pass. And Jesus says, you will. He didn't say you might. He didn't say there's a good possibility. He said you will or shall have what you say. On the condition that you're saying the right things, be removed, be cast out. You're not doubting, but believing. Amen? One of the things that the Lord said to me is, if you stop doubting, you're already on your way to believing. Just stop doubting. How do you stop doubting? That's where you really need to meditate in the Word. That's where you need to meditate on this and understand. And say, God, if you told me that whatever I say will come to pass, then it will come to pass. Now you need to help me to get there. And Lord, what is getting in the way of that? Where are my doubts? What am I dealing with here? You know, be honest with yourself. Don't try to uh, ignore your doubts. Face them. Can I say that? Just face them. Alright? And take them to the Lord. Just say, okay God, the reason I'm doubting is because the last time I prayed, it didn't work. And over here, it didn't work. And over there, it didn't work. <laughs> you might have a long list. Put them all there. Because if you put them all there, God will say, okay, here, this is what went wrong. Over here, that's what went wrong. And He'll just let you know where you messed up. Are you with me? He'll do quality control. Amen. And when, you're done, when he's done, you'll go, thank you, God. Got it. And it might be something very simple. Because this verse, the verses go on to talk about prayer, which I don't have time. We might do this next week. We're all going to come next week? Okay, anyway. <laughs> because it goes on to talk about prayer, and then it goes on to talk about forgiveness. Do you know why it talks about forgiveness? Because the same place that you doubt and believe from is the same place you forgive. And if your heart has something in there that is causing it to stop working properly, which is what un unforgiveness does, then your faith is not free to operate. Are you all here? Amen. So we'll look at that next time we come back. We'll pick right up there and continue on. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. And we thank you, Father, for the things that you are bringing to our attention. We thank you, Father, that we take this to heart. And Father, we are not going to be forgetful hearers, but doers of the word. In the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Father, that you give us wisdom, revelation, and insight into these things. So that, Father, that as we begin to apply them in our life, they work. And whatever hasn't worked up to now, that's the past. And we won't allow that spirit of Antichrist that comes in, that is opposed to God.